Hello, everybody, and welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. And today we are going to talk about perhaps the most famous Royal Rumble of them all, the 1992 Royal Rumble. Jim, uh, we talked about it on the last show that we had done this before, but we're going to do it again. It's also what makes me the most nervous about this show, one of the reasons. Um, and by the way, the next uh, – you're right. This is probably maybe one of the most famous Royal Rumble matches. But really, and I do want to stress this, that the next episode we do, the 1993 Royal Rumble, may be the most important episode of this podcast because we're spinning the wheel, 1993 – is the last time that we will be going in order. I say that, but theoretically, I guess 1994 could come up. Yeah. Uh, but you get the idea. So, but yeah, we've done this before. A lot of people have done this. Yeah, we have. In, yeah. Review, yeah, in reviews. Have. Mm-hmm. It, um, so joining us this week for this episode, uh, my... Old pal, my former co-host of the score of the Scorecard podcast, Ted Ingram. What's up, guys? And I still hope Lavar Ball gets into the Royal Rumble of next year. Oh dear Lord, no! Please, no. He's, he, that's a real baller. <laughs> oh Lord. I mean, his name is Ball. That's apparently, true. so that is true. I don't know. I don't know who that is. Sorry, guys. It, it, that's probably <laughs> a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing you don't know. <laughs> it is a good thing. Ted, have you ever seen this Royal Rumble? I'm going to assume yes, because it seems uh, like everyone has. Uh, I, I have. I watched it over the summer when I was told that I was going to do this podcast. Okay. And also, also, this should be noted for me, this is the first one we're doing where I have seen the Royal Rumble. So this is a first for me on this podcast history. Mm, that's actually Bill, you, Bill, you have said... This is your favorite Royal Rumble. Without going into too much detail, why don't you elaborate a little bit more? All right. The reason I say that this is my favorite Royal Rumble is, number one, what's on the line is the title, the World Wrestling Federation title. Mm -hmm. It's never been done before. It's only been done one other time since. Plus... The collection of talent in this is incredible. One of the best rosters, I think. Mm-hmm. Be, so let's start off with what we usually do on this show. What's going on in the WWF slash WWE as well as outside other promotions? Well, thankfully we can only do three things with WWF at this time because if we did more, we'd be here a while. Um <laughs> Uh, So the main thing, obviously, is the World Wrestling Federation title is vacant because of two matches that took place within a week of each other. First, at the Survivor Series, The Undertaker beat Hulk Hogan for the title with a little help from Ric Flair. And then, six days later, in Texas, Hulk Hogan beat The Undertaker for the WWF title and Jack Tunney decided to strip the title, make it vacant, and the only way we're going to have a new champion is by having this Royal Rumble match. 
So that's <laughs> obviously the big story going into it. Another uh, interesting story going on is the feud with Jake Roberts and Randy Savage. Uh, Jake Roberts ruined Randy Savage and Elizabeth's uh, wedding party back in the summer. And then Jake Roberts' snake bit Randy Savage. And then Jake Roberts slapped Elizabeth across the face. So you can support Randy on that one. And something that Ted mentioned to me off-air, which I sort of forgot. Uh, Shawn Michaels broke up with Marty Jannetty at the barber shop. And he threw him, or, or he sent him through the glass window, which has become one of the most famous scenes ever in wrestling history. Right. And how about what else going on in the other promotions? I know for sure. Guess who's not the champion in NWA? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is the first time that we could say Ric Flair is not the world champion going into a Royal Rumble. Uh, actually, it is Lex Luger who is the WCW champion at this point in time. So he's their world champion. The world tag team titles changed hands about three days before the pay-per-view at a house show. Arn Anderson and Bobby Eden defeated Ricky Steamboat and Dustin Rhodes to become the WCW World Tag Team Champions. Uh, Stunning Steve Austin is the current WCW Television Champion. Ravishing Rick Rude is the current WCW United States Champion. And this is the last time we can mention the WCW US Tag Team Titles because they're not going to be around by next year. The new champs are Big Josh and Ron Simmons. Okay. So no more U.S. tag titles after this year. This a real shame. A real shame. Ted, are you saddened by this? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's... any title that begins with the United States WWE is kind of is kind of unfortunate. <laughs> well, it's America's title, you know. Yeah, it, it is America's title. So, like you mentioned, Bill, the most significant thing here is that, oh my God, the Royal Rumble actually has a prize, mm -hmm. which is the first time that that's being experienced because in previous years it's been for nothing, basically. I wanna I wanna ask you guys, and I never really thought about it till just now. Would you say this was an experiment? And I want both your opinions. Do you think this was an experiment to put a prize on the line for this kind of a match? Ted, I'll let you go first. So. You don't think? I so? would think. So. Oh, you I think. would think so. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things. Like, it's one of those trial and error things. Uh, you know, it, it's just like, you know, you got to try some things. Mm -hmm. Uh. If you have your idea, um, and it's not a good if it's not a good idea, it's not a good idea, you know. Agreed. I agree with that. I, I think it's a combination of two things. Number one, uh, yes, it's an experiment to to do that, but also I think I think someone must have realized, hey, we do this match every year now because this is what the um, fifth. Fifth. Yeah, this year. is the fifth. This is the fifth year, and no one's won shit. So <laughs> why don't we have a prize? Let's have it. If we're really going to commit to this and move forward, 
let's have it let's maybe have a consistent prize and they decide to try it this way mm-hmm. i also have a note here that says hulk hogan claims he was cheap shotted by jack Tunney. <laughs> yes <laughs> yes that's right he says that in the promo so there's you a, got no i was gonna say there's that and then like rick flair and mr perfect are like Mirror, mirror on the wall. Today at the Royal Rumble, we'll find out who's the fairest of them all. I guess this is a good time to see if either of you two had any memorable, like, or favorite pre-Rumble promos. Um, I I gotta say the promo that, uh, Shawn Michaels did about about Marty Jannetty oh, yes. right before the Rumble was pretty decent. Yes, that's right, because Shawn Mooney does an interview with Shawn Michaels before they mm-hmm. like do the intermission. So, yeah, that oh, I forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. That is a good one. Repo Man has an interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that one. It's like... There's going to be 29 people, and today I'm going to get the biggest prize of them all. And it, it's just ridiculous, but it's funny. <laughs> uh, your announcers are Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan, mm-hmm. which I think a lot of people would argue that Bobby Heenan is the main reason why this Raw Rumble is so beloved by people. Mm-hmm. We're back at two-minute intervals. Well, I keep saying back, but we never left. No, we never left two-minute intervals. Ah, no music this year. Nope. It's pretty standard, though, as of late. Yeah. Um, do you have anything, You guys have anything to say before we start with this, the Royal Rumble? Oh, um, Jack Tunney makes a quick speech before the match. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember that one. And, you know, he's got the belt in his head. The fans are booing him, actually, which is a good sign. And I'll I'll mention it now. My first note is Bobby Heenan is impatient, and then <laughs> and then as Tony leaves, Bobby's like, "Oh, he's the best president since Noriega." The yeah, you're right. He's like already jittery before this thing even starts. Mm-hmm, he is. All right, every two minutes, let's get to the rumble. All right, here we go. Numbers one through five. Number one, the British Bulldog. Number two, Ted DiBiase. Number three, Ric Flair. Number four, Jerry Sags. And number five, Haku. And during this segment, I have eliminated Ted DiBiase, Sags, and Haku. Uh, Ted, why don't you start off the discussion with this section? Um, the, the section, uh, this section, uh, it was really good um i gotta say uh you know it, it's changed the the royal rumble has changed a lot over time and you know this like like uh british bulldog being in here is was um it was real a real clinic what the british bulldog was doing what do you what do you think so bill um you know what i actually gotta agree with you i never really thought about it because He's the first guy, and he's in there for a good amount of time. And I think... I think he was almost in there for an hour. Well, I mean, if you're going to have a, 
a, a strong baby face to start it off. I think he's a good choice. I really do. Uh, well, I was going to say, I also have a note here that Bulldog won some bullshit trophy in the UK. Well, okay. That actually happened. That okay. actually happened. Um, he They did a tour of England in the fall, and they did a battle royal. And it was like at the Royal Albert Hall. And Bulldog won about it was like a 20 man battle royal and he was the last guy in and he won this big trophy that's all he got no title shot no nothing i mean that's more than they've given to winners of the royal rumble these past couple years (laughs) that's true that's true (laughs) okay so the trophy's real the trophy is real i also have a note here saying he before the bulldog comes out he is already having a panic attack (laughs) (laughs) yes he is yeah, it was very tense so much. Oh my gosh! It, one of my early notes is he's managing from the booth. Mm. Like if the if you listen to the way he talks and he's like, "Do this, Rick. Do that." You know, he's sort <laughs> of managing him, which is interesting because once again we're at this period where managers are not allowed at ringside. Exactly. Like the last two years, they were okay with it. Mm-hmm. I would I and I know we have this discussion, Jim, but I think mm-hmm. I I think I got a good reason why they didn't allow the managers out. Okay. Because of how important this match is with the title on the line, they didn't want any outside interference from any of the managers. So they're like, You guys are gonna go out there. If you're going to win it, you're going to win it on your own. That's mm-hmm. that's how I look at it. That's a pretty good theory. Also, I have that Heenan said, I'm going to be on easy street. <laughs> and the only reason that's even relative to anything is because once he said that, I immediately thought of the best song to ever be used on The Walking Dead called Easy Street. <laughs> and it was stuck in my head through the rest of the match. Ronnie's E Street. It's by the Collapsible Hearts Club. Just in case anyone's wondering. I'll I'll make sure to put that on my iTunes later. It's so catchy. <laughs> Ronnie's E Street. Have you ever heard of them, uh, Ted? No, I have not. We we, we might have to listen to them now. Cause the world is but a treat right here on Easy Street. Uh, uh, the the Easy Street song that I kind of remember is the one from All Dogs Go to Heaven. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I about that one. I, yeah, I think I remember that one. Oh, I, and I, it wasn't even one of my favorite movies of Disney. I've I've seen the movie. I don't know if I've seen the movie in its entirety actually at all, but but I remember that song. <laughs> G- give me a line, Ted. Come on. Give me a give me a verse. Easy street, no one cries there. Easy street. There you go. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why you gotta hire this person, everyone. <laughs> um, now there's one thing that I wrote, and I want to see if either one of you caught this. Early in the match, before Flair comes out, they talk about the records for the longest and the shortest. Yes. So, Gorilla mentions the model from the previous year and how he mm-hmm. went like 50 plus minutes. And Gorilla's like, 
Well, the one with the shortest time was Bushwhacker Luke. He was in there for 4.8 seconds. He whacked his way in, and he got whacked out. Ah. <laughs> Bad choice of words, Gorilla. <laughs> well, not only that, I, I would argue, was it Luke or was it the Warlord? Now, okay, good point. Good point, because... You know, over the or the last however many years when they do their video, they say that Warlord was in there for two seconds. I think it depends on what they count as when it begins. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about from the moment that you hit the ring, that's one second, then that's the Warlord. Mm -hmm. But if you're talking about when, and this is to me, this is what it should be even though I love Luke of the Bushwhackers, right. if, if you're counting from when the clock goes off and someone actually comes out, then that's probably Luke, because Luke marched his way to the ring, whereas Warlord was at a slow pace. True. So it depends on how you're keeping track, I think. And then another thing would be, is it the minute he gets on the apron, does that count as the time starting, or does it have to be him in the ring, you know? Mm-hmm. So, there's that. I think it has to be when the buzzer goes off. Okay. Because if you don't do it that way, do you know how many inaccuracies WWE probably has then? Too many. Well, yeah, yeah too much for us to even count. <laughs> Not like I even believe him to... Right. They say anyway right. these days with the stuff after doing like five episodes of this. Yeah. Was that the clock? No, we still have. Oh, I thought oh, I heard something. I think it was my dishwasher. <laughs> we still have like two and a half minutes, so. Okay, so what else do you guys have? Ted, give me something else that's going on this section that you either light hated or just want to bring up. Uh, I there's nothing else that I want to bring up. Um. It's just uh, British Bulldog did a really good job this whole match. Uh, he he uh, he was a really good guy, and um, during the earlier stages of this match, it was like he had nobody to compete with. Yeah. Um, I will say that thanks to Ted, I now have another song from All Dolls oh, Gone to Heaven. <laughs> uh, the that? Let Me Be Surprised. Let okay. me be surprised. Okay. I need Brazil. Okay. Oh, wow. uh, <laughs> uh, one thing that I, I, I want to bring up, and, and I want and Jim, I wonder if you noticed this too. Sure. This was the first one where they actually used the arena clock. Because, like, all the other years, they would have, like, like the TV clock. But this year... Right. They actually used the timer on the arena to count down. I didn't notice that, but I do have a theory on this now that you're saying it. Okay, we still have and, about a minute. Well, here, yeah, here's the theory is that they didn't – I probably shouldn't say this, but they didn't care about the other four years. Right. This one's the WWF championship, so they're <laughs> like, we're going to put it in the arena. That way everybody can see it and everybody – we hope is going to count down mm -hmm. therefore making this match feel a little bit bigger uh in the process uh, now the question is do they continue it next year hmm. 
One other thing I want to bring up, Jim, and it comes from last episode. We talked about how only Brian Knobs was in the Rumble. This yes. year, only Jerry Sags. But you said last episode that, well, we'll find out next episode on why that's the, because I couldn't fathom them discussing, well, we can only put one nasty boy in. Right. So, Scott, why choose that one? Well, so. Oh, here we go. All right, and that's the timer. Six through ten. Uh, number six is Shawn Michaels. Seven, El Matador, Tito Santana. Eight, The Barbarian. Nine, The Texas Tornado. And ten, Repo Man. And in this section, we have eliminated nobody. This is the moment I've waited for, actually, Chip. I'm not going to lie. I have waited for that moment. It's like, okay, no one's eliminated. What the hell are we going to talk about for the next ten minutes? Uh, I mean, we could talk about Gorilla giving a compliment on a super kick that looked terrible. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. But you're right. This is Slim Pickens on this section. Ted, what do you have, if anything? Um, I, I don't know. Um, maybe... Uh, um... How, how happy I am that that character wrestlers like uh, Repo Man do not exist in WWE today. Well, yes. I love Repo Man. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, he had an amazing song. Well, yeah, because characters don't exist today because there are no characters that, in today's wrestling. True. Now, now, Jim, remind me. Yes. Isn't Repo, Repo Man? Man's song on one of the albums we reviewed a while back? Uh, it, I think it's on the Federation years, the one yeah. that was released on iTunes. Yeah. But more importantly, it was also released when I was part of the WWF fan club. Oh. 1993, they came out with a cassette exclusive for fan club members, and Repo Man's song was one of them. I and I've loved his song ever since then. I wonder how much those cassettes go for nowadays. I wish I still had it. It probably goes... I, because only fan club members got them. Right. So I wish I still had it. I, uh, yeah. I wrote, get Bobby a drink. Because <laughs> he's just dying out there. It's hilarious. And then there's one part where, like, Ric Flair low blows somebody. Like, he kicks somebody in between. And, like, Gorilla and Bobby get into, like, this quick argument of, like, oh, he was helping him, you know, lifting him up. And he's like, would you stop? And then Bobby's like, I'd do that to my own grandmother. And Carrillo's like, I bet you would. And for some reason, it made me think of the episode of King of the Hill where Bobby learns to kick other guys in the balls. And then at the end, Peggy asks him to kick her and nothing happens. Like, she doesn't feel the pain. <laughs> This might be a great time to talk about what happened inside of this. Yeah. Or 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 possibly uh, or possibly uh, that how uh, I think it was Stephanie from Fuller House became a literary. <laughs> oh, oh God. So um, so during the show, uh, we yeah. had four matches. The new foundation of Jim Nyhart and Owen Hart beat the Orient Express. Good match. Not going to lie. That's a good match. 
Rowdy Roddy Piper, who substitutes for Bret Hart after Bret Hart loses the Intercontinental title two days before the pay-per-view because he had a 104 temperature or some crap. Uh, Piper beats the Mountie to win the Intercontinental title. The Beverly Brothers defeated the Bushwhackers. Sorry, Jim. And the Natural Disasters beat the Legion of Doom by countout. Why? Okay, hold on. Why? Explain the Piper Bret Hart thing to me. What? Okay. So the match originally was going to be Bret Hart defending the Intercontinental title against the Mountie. Okay. However, two days before the show, they have a title switch at a house show. And they come up with the story that Bret Hart had a temperature of like 103 or 104 and he went against doctor's orders to face the Mountie, and the Mountie beat him to win the title. So Piper came out to check on Bret Hart, and he gets beat up by the Mountie. So just on that, Piper gets the title shot. Oh, my God. Okay. You know what I got from all of that? That Bret Hart has a fever of 103. Yeah. And that he's hot-blooded, jacket and sea. He's got a fever of 103. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But actually what I did read cuz Bret Hart mentioned it in his book. I know where you're going with this guy. Yeah. What hap- what what actually happened was they took him off the pay-per-view so they can work on a new contract for Bret cuz Bret was thinking about going to WCW in 92. Mm-hmm. So they're like, "Okay, Bret, they're going to drop the title. We're going to come up with a new contract." And you'll probably get the belt back within no time. Right. So that's that was a very real thing that I've only recently learned about maybe in like the last year or two. Mm-hmm. I had no idea he had aspirations to go to WCW in 92. Yeah. Because I had wondered, oh, how come he's not in the Royal Rumble match? Well, Considering he was number one twice already in this match. Yeah. And he's the Intercontinental Champion. Or he was before he you know dropped the title. This also leads a good discussion of Rowdy Piper is going to be in this match, Mm -hmm. but let's say the Mountie one would the Mountie have been in the match? Um, they said that he wasn't, but that's a good point. Maybe they could have had if like Piper beats Mountie, Piper wins the title and he keeps his spot. If Mountie wins, he gets Piper's spot. Mm-hmm. But of course, this is '92. You know, they're not that far thinking. Ted, how do you feel mm-hmm. about this whole Bret Hart maybe going to WCW? Um, you know, WWE was losing people to WCW uh, around this time. That's true. Like, um, I, I think they were uh, around this time. They were kind of losing uh, Nash and uh, Hall. Well, this um, was. Not to cut you off, but this was before Hall and Nash. Oh, 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 but yeah, and they've been, they were losing some people to WW to WCW though. Mm-hmm. So I would have to say um, I'm not surprised to hear that um, Brett that Hart was um, considering leaving. Yeah, 
who knows what would have happened if he did go in 92. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I agree. Montreal wouldn't hate WWE's guts now. Yeah, Montreal <laughs> would have never happened. That's true. That yeah, yeah. That's very true. So at this point in the Royal Rumble match, how's, how's Heenan faring? Uh, well... He talks about he needs he needs some water. Yeah, he needs some water, <laughs> and he says that if you ever go into a rumble, you should bring a wrench next time you go to a fight, especially a crescent wrench. To be fair, we have talked about this. How there should be everyone should come out with a weapon. There's no disqualification. Basically, and I don't understand why no one does this more often. I mean, Heenan's on the right track here a little bit. <laughs> You know, um, what, what else do you have, Bill? the other thing that I thought about was like how I think it's about at this point where he's like, we didn't want to go any more than 30. We just didn't want to go any more than 30. You know, we, if we, we were thinking maybe 18, 19, but we wanted no more than 30. Right. So Bobby, maybe he was trying to pull a Ted DiBiase. Maybe, who, by the way, was very throwaway in this match. Oh, gosh, yeah. That's the only one, Flair, that, Flair, that's the only one Flair never fought was DiBiase. He fought everybody else. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if DiBiase feels he should be world champion because Flair didn't face him. I mean, that should have been an argument he brought up, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think that the plan was always, because I had re- heard some, read something earlier today that like there was so i don't know if it's true or not but that flair might have been one instead of three um well hold that thought all right so now we go to 11 through 15 11 is Greg Valentine, 12, Nikolai Volkov, 13, The Big Boss Man, 14, Hercules, and 15, Roddy Piper. And I have eliminated in this section Volkov, Valentine, Repo Man, Bulldog, Tornado, Michaels, Tito Santana, Hercules, Barbarian, and The Big Boss Man. Basically everybody goes down except for Flair. Yeah, we're, we're down to Flair. And Piper at, at this point. Uh, Ted, what do you got for this section? Um, Piper had a good fight in this round, if I if, if I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, Piper and Flair, man. Um, that was a good fight. Um, yes, 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 I recall that. Piper and well, Piper was one of the better fighters in this in this rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Bulldog was probably the most impressive to, impressive to me, but there was Piper. Uh, oh, no, you go ahead. Okay. No, I was gonna I was gonna go back to what uh, Jim had brought up before the the countdown came up um, about if you know Flair was gonna be number one. Mm-hmm. And actually, I have this little bit. Great. Bobby Heenan mentioned in his autobiography which I recommend, that's a good read, that it was his initial suggestion that Flair entered the Rumble at number one for dramatic purposes and that McMahon, 
changed it to number three, and claimed it as his own idea. I understand. Like, it makes sense why someone would want it as a low, like, flair as a low number to actually win at this point, because it'd be different. Like, if he came in at number, let's say, 27 and won, it wouldn't be as big of a deal at all. Uh, so I get the, the low number, but three always seemed weird to me. Like, okay, well, why that, why that number? Why not? You might as well be one or two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you might as, like, it, with the exception of that first part, Flair pretty much goes the distance. Right. Um, to borrow a reference from the Hercules movie. Going to yes. <laughs> Look, you two had your reference. I had to get at least one in. <laughs> Look, we had a Hercules. No, it's a continuation because we talked about Hercules last uh, yes, episode. We, yes, we did. Um, and Saba Simba, Hakuna that's, Matata. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but no, like, I think if Flair had been number one, it would have. I, I don't know if, like, how important it is would have changed. It's the fact that he came out real early. Yes. Is the most important thing. I also have here that Flair and Piper battled on the outside. Actually, I should bring this up because I always thought this was a funny line. Is when the boss man gets out and he didn't like And he didn't like, that's it, Flair wins. (laughs) Yep. Yep, he did. And then... And then Gorilla's like, there's still a lot more to go. <laughs> um, I had one part uh, when Nikolai comes out. Um, and because they mentioned how it was like a rough time. I, I think this is when like Russia was breaking down, like the Soviet Union was collapsing. Oh, OK. So I wrote in my notes, Russia's last hope, Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not great because in a few years he'll be wearing a scent sign yep. on his jacket. Yep, working for Ted DiBiase. So he really wasn't Russia's last hope. <laughs> or if he was, it was not a great last hope. No, it wasn't. Um, God, there were so many chops throughout yeah. this whole match, but especially early on. Like you did, hear them. Did you think that it was uh, that that they would go? And, like, just have it down to Flair Piper or, like, or do you feel like they should have held it off? And you know how sometimes, like, in more modern days, they'll, like, throw, like, Ric Flair's in there and he's by himself. Oh, here comes Bo Beverly of the Beverly Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) Or do you think it was right just having Piper to come right out? I think it was right. Mm -hmm. Because the way they set it up was so great. Because it's like... Flair eliminates Bossman, wins the Rumble, according to Bobby. And then the countdown clock goes, and then when the buzzer goes, there's like two, three seconds of just dead air. It's silent. And then Mm. when Piper comes out, the whole building erupts. And it is absolutely great. Oh my gosh. It's fantastic. Yeah, and of course, Heenan starts losing it then mm-hmm. when Piper comes out. Because, Bill, Roddy Piper and Ric Flair, pretty, like, legendary feud. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because I definitely can be. Okay. I don't remember them actually ever fighting in a WWE event in this time that Flair was there. I more remember Piper Flair matches in WCW in, like, the late 90s. Well, I know, like, Survivor Series, they were on opposite teams, but I know where you're going with this. Right. Yeah, I don't think they ever did a Piper Flair match one-on-one, if it was on TV, because that would have been, that would have been impressive. Yeah, so they never did Hogan Flair, they never did Piper Flair. How could you, hmm. What else didn't they do with Flair while we're at it? <laughs> um, I don't know. There, there's, those are the two. Those are the two big ones, I think. Yeah, because they did, did do Savage Flair. So yeah, that's... they did Savage Flair, which ended up being really good. Uh, oh, Savage, a, a match with Savage and Flair? Yeah, yeah, WrestleMania 8. Yeah. Oh, so good. Um... God, I'm trying to think. They didn't do Flair Justice. No, they didn't. <laughs> uh, maybe that was for the better. Maybe. Right. Um. They didn't. They don't. It's very few. You know. I agree. Yeah, but but you know, but the key is that it's like the two, arguably biggest ones they didn't right. do. Right. Definitely Hogan Flair. Like I, people are still mad about that today. Well, the story goes that they tried it on house shows. Okay. And it, quote, I'm going to use quotes, even though you guys can't see it, didn't work at house shows. Okay. And it was like, well, if it didn't work on the house shows, then we're not going to try it at WrestleMania. But there's, like, other stories where it's, like, the reason they didn't want to do or the reason it didn't happen was because Hogan wanted to go over and then at the same time it was like Hogan was going to go do another movie and Flair wanted to go over and it was just so confusing. Yeah, and I guess I, I still think it's one of those things that wrestling fans constantly think of is like, you know, WrestleMania 8 should have been Hogan Flair. I think if it had happened... That probably would have been, like, one of the biggest pay-per-view buy rates of all time. Yeah. It really would have. But then it goes to, like, what would you do with Savage on that show? You know? What would you do with Sid? Well, so I think you probably put Savage against Sid. Maybe. I, th- I, would, I would think. I don't think you're doing Savage Piper. No. No, you couldn't do that. Or Piper Sid. Right. Well, you know, we'll, we'll never know what could have been. It's just a very weird time. And then, like, you, like you mentioned earlier, we have Bret Hart possibly going to WCW. It's just a very, very weird time. What else do you have? Uh, anything else on your on your notes for this section, Bill? Um, no, I just wrote about the chops, like, two times. It was like, those chops, and then those effing chops. <laughs> They're just chopping the shit out of each other. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Ted, what about you? Any any uh, anything else from you on this section? No. Uh, in general, though, I, I found it very odd that the Royal Rumble, which was a big event at the time, was held during the afternoon. Eight, seven, six, oh, that's a good point. 
All right, and our next group of five, 16, Jake Roberts, 17, Jim Duggan, 18, IRS, 19, Jimmy Snuka, and 20, The Undertaker. All right, and during this section, I have that Snuka was eliminated. That's it. Yep. Um, You know what? I want to go back real quick to what Ted said before the clock ran up. Sure. This, yeah, this is in the afternoon. It's like a four o'clock start in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. which is very rare then and probably even more rare now, considering Mm. everything starts, uh, you know, like depending, depending on where you are, you know, starts in the evening. If there's like a pay-per-view on the West Coast, that's an exception, but. I thought, now, I'm not, I don't watch today's product much, but I thought that I saw WrestleMania started at four o'clock, or maybe it was five. So I was, I'm like, it's not that unheard of today, right? Well, no, you're right. But which is, but the difference is, is that well, for the Royal Rumble, if this started at four, it probably ended at seven. Yeah. Whereas watching a WWE pay per view now, you pretty much have to commit half your day. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. It's like a marathon. You got to train yourself for it. When did you agree, Ted? Yeah, especially with WrestleMania. Yeah. So, I mean, but I, would, I in general would – I think that if any wrestling program – because I, I shouldn't say not shouldn't say just WWE because, quite frankly, I don't really watch that much outside of it. I saw All In, mm-hmm. which was amazing, everyone, by the way. Oh, that was a fun show. I was the most fun I've had watching wrestling probably since – total non-stop deletion um if more wrestling shows were on a sunday afternoon i would probably give them more of a chance and actually watch whether it's impact whether it's ring of honor whether it's wwe give can, can we go back to the sunday afternoon situation when football's not on because i kind of understand why yeah. they don't do it yeah because that's like what eight nine months out of the year that football wouldn't be on a sunday right yeah i'd be for that unless the xfl plans on doing sundays now that i'm thinking about it um okay jim i gotta tell you my first my first note for this please and it's one of your favorite topics jake roberts Trying another damn DDT. Because, <laughs> like, I see him try it, and then Piper saves him, and I actually slobber saying, Stop trying the DDT! <laughs> and, like, I slobber when I said it, and I'm like, Oh, jeez, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> like a dog. Yeah, like a dog. This oh, one, just like all dogs go to heaven. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> so this is where uh, Heenan is like, I'm sorry, Piper. It's not a skirt. It's a kilt. It's a kilt. And then when he goes after Flair, you skirt wearing freak. It's a skirt. It's not a kilt. It's a skirt. <laughs> oh, God. He's so good in that segment. That's so good. Now, there's... And I, I want to say it's this section, but I might be wrong, and Bill, correct me if I am. Okay. When The Undertaker comes out. Mm-hmm. The, or maybe it's a little before he comes out. No, it can't be. It has to be after he comes out. Uh, they mention that 
The Undertaker and Hogan have special treatment? Yes. Can you remind me of what exactly that is again? Okay. For this? For this. Because they were the last two champions, the last two WWF champions, they got to draw any number from 20 to 30. So they would get a later entry compared to the other 28 that were involved. Okay. So that was Tunney's, Jack Tunney's decision. Okay. Which, I mean, makes sense because if you go by the WrestleMania 4 rules where, like, <laughs> they had that, they had DeAndre Hogan stuff, mm-hmm. and WrestleMania 4, they got a buy into the second round automatically, right? Right. For the yeah, because they were the last two champions. Yeah. Right. So, okay, I get it. I just like the idea that when The Undertaker and Hogan had to go pick their number, I assume it's that's a great question now that I'm thinking of it. Have we ever seen where the 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 machine where they pick the balls out? I wanna say yes. I wanna say Perfect did an interview and it was by the machine. Yeah, like they, I think they still have the tumbler. I just like the idea that Hogan and Undertaker come at the tumbler and they're like, Alright, hold on, we gotta get all the low numbers out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You could have any other number. But see, it's a customized number. Or better yet, how about this one, guys? Like, Undertaker draws a number and, like, he shows him, like, it's number 15. Nope, you gotta throw it back. You gotta keep drawing <laughs> until it's between 20 and 30. Yep. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, what else you got, Bill? Oh, man, what else? Um... Uh, at this point, I have officially named this town Chop City. Okay. <laughs> uh, Bobby talks about their strategy, and I wrote, let it go, Bobby. Let it go. See, first it's Tito, now it's Bobby, and I love Bobby, but Bobby, you got to let that one go. <laughs> and I also wrote that Heenan is dying inside. He is dying inside right now. <laughs> I know that they don't they didn't have the abilities of YouTube or anything back then. I don't know where I saw it. I saw like one thing the other day where you know how people go on the internet and like will do reactions to things? Yes. One of them and I, I always question if this thing's real or not, to be honest with you, but it could just be made to advance this guy's show. He had one where he strapped on one of those um uh, that that measures like your blood pressure. Yeah. So like when he got excited, you saw him go, go up or yada yada yada. Imagine Heenan with this during this match. Oh my god. That would be a, that would have been amazing. <laughs> oh, that would have been so funny. Oh, the something calling about my idea. That might my be. Because <laughs> I think at this point, or it's gonna be real soon, where Bobby asks for a drink and he's like. Give me something stiff. Give me something with a kick. Who's he asking, by the way? I don't know. Ted, do you know what he's asking? <laughs> he might be asking Gorilla. I don't know. <laughs> I doubt the Gorilla would go get him a drink. I, I doubt that very much. <laughs> um, other than that, like to me, this this is where I'm starting to... You're starting to really see the 
Flair's been in for a while, and you know, like Heenan keeps losing it. Mm-hmm. But I, I, but I like that. It's not. How do I say this? I'm trying to think of who who I can relate this to. It's not as if it was a Ric Flair's fighting on the outside with Rowdy Piper, mm-hmm. and he gets knocked into the guardrail, and then the guy goes back in, but Flair stays out there. Right. It's not like he's getting a quote-unquote secret rest. Mm-hmm. He's in there the whole time. He is. And even when he goes to the outside, he's still fighting. Right. Um. God, what else was there? I, I had something. Well, we got like one minute to go before this next group. Um... Yeah, like, Bobby is at the point where he's, like, given up. (laughs) Like, he's given up. Like, Flair's not gonna win, you know. There's there's just so many things, so many good things. One thing that I want to mention real quick, and I really appreciate it more this time than I think I ever did, was how Gorilla stays with Bobby on commentary the entire match. Mm -hmm. Because everybody talks about, you know... Bobby, 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 which, which, you know, is rightfully, you know, deserved. But yeah. Gorilla is just as good as yeah, Eden is. is in this match. Because he, his monsoon's got to be the one that kind of gives it to Bobby, meaning like, yeah, he's, he's the one like, no one has ever won at number three. Mm-hmm. Now we go to 21 through 25. 21, Randy Savage. 22, The Berserker. 23, Virgil. 24, Colonel Mustafa. And 25, Rick Martell. And I have for this section, Roberts eliminated. And then I have Savage, and then I crossed it out because some bullshit happens. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Uh, Ted, what do you have for this? I'm having that... Randy Savage comes in very hot. Oh, yeah. Very heated. He might have set the world record for fastest entry. The way he mm-hmm. ran. Yeah, so... so yeah, because so, he, he hates Jake. That was the Jake feud, right? right. During the time? Yeah. By the way, so we don't, still don't have any additional animal counts on all these appearances that Jake Roberts has come into the Royal Rumble. That's true. Yeah. Only that one time so far. I mean, I know it's at least one other time, but mm-hmm. all right. So help help me with this, Bill, because I gotta remember exactly. Savage comes in. He who does he throw out that leads to him jumping on the top rope to the outside? He eliminates Roberts. Thank you. Okay, he eliminates Roberts. He goes to the top and then gives him a double act handle to the outside, in which. He's out. Yeah. Sure, because we've, I mean, we've had this happen before. Mm-hmm. But the rest then, like, no, he's fine, because the rule is, even though this is not true, exactly that you have to be thrown out by someone that's in the match. You have to be propelled out of the ring by another person. That's what the commentator said. So basically, you have to throw them like an airplane out to the floor. Yeah. 
Well, this is, I, why, this is why I say this is the Randy Savage rule. You know what? You're right. That's a that's a good call. And by the way, I can tell you right now, they do not stick to that rule next year. No and we'll talk either. about it on the next episode. <laughs> what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. I got uh, that there was some mistake in there. Cause like, he wasn't supposed to do it, you don't think? Like, maybe he was supposed to do it. And they completely forgot that he had to go to the back. And they're like, oh, okay, Randy, you can stay. Like, I, there had oh. to be some mistake. I've never heard anyone admit it or, you know, I've never heard anyone admit it. That's interesting because I had thought you were going to say that he wasn't supposed to go to the top rope and give the double X handle. And that was what the mistake was. But you're saying, yes, he did give the double X handle. And that he was supposed to go to the back, but then they were like, no, you stay out there. Yeah, it's just a theory. I mean, I really don't know. It can go either way. It could go but, either way. But what doesn't, it, what what matters the most, though, is some bullshit happened. <laughs> um, what else you got, Bill? Uh, at this point, it becomes now low blowsville with this badge. Um... I think I think Bobby Heenan told Rick to, to uh, told him to weasel his way out, which is a funny line. And then we get the best joke of the entire show, maybe the greatest joke in the history of the Royal Rumble. And I'm going to apologize right now to those that will find this joke uh, insulting. Oh boy! So it's a, the last two episodes, you almost insulted. Well, you you almost insulted our two guests. Well, oh no, last episode. Oh, I'm sorry. Remember the pastor, right. the pastor situation. Well, I didn't know he was a pastor. Just well, you should have done your research. Apologize. I still apologize. <laughs> so Virgil comes out at 23. So Bobby asks Gorilla, you know, what number did Virgil come out at? And Gorilla's like 23. And Bobby's like. Who knows how many bags Virgil went through while they were out there? <laughs> it's like God. It's it's a funny joke, but damn. By the way, was this the section where he didn't said quite possibly one of the most unforgivable lines about Bushwhacker Luke? Oh yes, because they go back to the record. Yes. <sighs> What did I, I don't remember what he said. Please, please remind me. That's all that I have is he didn't quote, who cares about Bushwhacker Luke? <laughs> and then I got mad. Well, I also wrote that uh, Gorilla once again mentions that Luke whacked in and whacked out. And I wrote, Gorilla likes to whack. Oh, boy. <laughs> I apologize again. <laughs> But, wow! I mean, come on! That joke, wow. that joke was right there. Wow! <laughs> I, I wow. Ted's, I think I like Ted's wows better than your actual joke. <laughs> Ted, how do you feel about this joke Bill just spawned on us? Wow! <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's a little bit uh, that's a little bit um, talk. But it's, it's true. A yeah. How many times after this show will Gorilla Monsoon ever use the word whack and not referencing the Bushwhackers? Come on now. 
Bill, do you also want to tell me what you think Hongi means? <laughs> Isn't it like some Eskimo kiss bullshit? Is it? I don't know. I, don't I, know. <laughs> I, I gotta go back. I gotta find a video for that. I mean, you're you're my resident Eskimo. <laughs> I guess. You should know this stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy you that dream igloo just for you, Chip. <laughs> well, wait, I know you're the Eskimo. I don't like the cold. The cold definitely bothers me anyway. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> well, we only made it to the fifth episode, and we had a frozen. Record. Can we be honest? This is definitely the most musical this podcast has been since yes. we started. And it all started with Heenan. I think this is the most musical podcast I've ever been in with you, Bill. And we only have three <laughs> minutes still in this segment. Great, lots of songs. Let's sit. Bill, give me a verse of the Hulk Hogan theme song. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> when he comes crashing down and it hurts inside. Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? You gotta do the guitar. You gotta do the guitar when you when you when you're singing Hulk Hogan. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh that 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 burp was the best part. <laughs> burp 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 burp. Hey, did you Bill? Did when you when you were watching this as a kid? Yeah. Did you were you like, oh boy. Mustafa could be WWF World Champion. I was like, there's no freaking way he's going to be a champion. Like, to be honest, I think Virgil had a better shot than Colonel Mustafa did. I agree with that. I Because in all seriousness, because they were pushing Virgil after the Million Dollar Man switch for uh, uh, turn mm-hmm. uh, for a little bit. And whereas Mustafa, I'm like, oh, what? And it was like, like, Bobby came, brought up, like, when Mustafa came out, and he was like, Oh, this is a great strategy. This is why Saddam Hussein made him a general. Talking about General Adnan. <laughs> oh, I have a question for you that I just realized. All right. So, the Berserker came out. Yeah. And I think this is where Heenan says something to, like, or I don't know if I, I might be confusing this with another rumble, to be fair. Where he comes out and Heenan's like, it's the Berserker. He loves throwing people. That's what he does. He throws people. Yep. So this is, is that this one? This is okay. the one. All right. Thank God. Okay. So did he throw anyone out? <laughs> I don't believe so. <laughs> <laughs> and he's done a really bad job at what he's supposedly good at. Yeah. Um, I also had that Bobby is pleading to God to let Flair win. <laughs> He's like, I'll never do anything bad again. I'll never lie. I'll, I'll never cheat people out again. Just let him win. <laughs> oh, my God. You gotta be fair to Flair. I think this whole show to this point has made this Royal Rumble even more fun than it has been in the past when I've watched it. <laughs> I, I just think it's because you feel like you're in a musical. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, what else do I have here? I have here, uh, like I said, I already said my Berserker line. All right, and that's the last time we're going to have the countdown. 26 through 30, 
26 Hulk Hogan, 27 Skinner, 28 Sergeant Slaughter, 29 Sid Justice, and number 30, The Warlord. All right, now we're going to work our way to the final four, but here's who we have eliminated in this section before the final four. The Undertaker, Berserker, Virgil, Duggan, Skinner, Slaughter, IRS, Warlord, Piper, and Martell. Uh, Ted, what do you have for this section before the final four? Um, you know, basically, uh, um, Hogan came in and fought Flair. Those two, uh, fought valiantly. Mm -hmm. They just couldn't get a WrestleMania match out of it, apparently. No, 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 no. (laughs) How dare you even think that, Bill? (laughs) Yeah, that that would have been awesome if they fought. Uh, um, it would have been awesome for that. Absolutely, I, I I would have liked that. Yeah, I would have liked to see them wrestle at a WrestleMania. Um, even the promos itself would be like that the been best. Mm-hmm. Like the promos of the two of them would have been the best. Mm-hmm. Phil, what do you got for this section? Um, well. Gorilla mentions that Flair has broken the longevity record. And Heenan's like, okay, that's good enough. Just give Flair the title. <laughs> um, and then when Sid comes out, which he gets a huge pop, by the way, and Heenan's like, oh, no, I forgot about him. How? I, I also like, I don't know why I always thought this was funny, is uh, when the Warlord comes out, and he's like, this is the Warlord. And Monsoon's like, who else could it be? Exactly. And then I wrote down, how the hell is Warlord number 30? Like, it's, again, no offense that's, to the Warlord, but still. But you know what, Bill? It makes sense because at this point, WWE doesn't give a shit about the numbers. Like you mentioned in the first episode. I know I reiterated this last episode, but in 1988... Number 20 was Coco Beware, and he had the shortest time of the entire Rumble match. That's true. They do not give a damn about, like, making the higher number actually seem important. Hell, this Rumble specifically does that. With Flair coming at three and then winning a thing. Right. I mean, like, you could have given, like, Savage 30. You could have had Slaughter at 30. It would have made sense. I'm wondering, and Bill this, Bill, this is something we probably should think about in the future for our future episodes. Okay. We should keep track of how terrible the people that got 30 actually do. Because right. this episode, we mentioned, shortest time, Coco Beware. Right. Uh, nine, uh, you know what? We'll save that for a, like a, a bonus episode where we'll talk because I'm not going to remember them now. Right? Because I think like the best one is either DiBiase or Perfect. Those are like but, the best ones. And that's not even good because they both lose and don't really come that close to it either. That's true. DiBiase lost the Big John Stud. Where is he? How come he doesn't have a chance to be WWF champion during this match? <laughs> Former Royal Rumble winner. That went on to referee a match. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah. Ted, what do you got for anything else, or should we ask Bill for what else he has? Uh, let's ask Bill. All right, Bill, what do you got? 
Um, one thing I did write, and then there was one that I didn't write. When Slaughter gets eliminated, it's like he just died. Like the way he gets sent to that other corner, and the way he hits, it's like he almost got shot out of a cannon. It's like mm-hmm. Justice sends him, and it's like boom. Like I, I'm not gonna make. I mean, it was like boom, and. You know, he gets eliminated, and it sounds like he he got killed almost. Mm. And then the other thing is with IRS, his tie cost him the title. Because <laughs> I didn't catch that. Because like he was so close, and like Piper's trying to get him out, and Piper pulls him by the tie, and that's what gets him out. Is his tie. So if I was IRS, I would I would never wear a tie again. Mm. All right, let's make our way to the final four. So the final four are Flair, Hogan, Justice, and Savage. Even though Savage technically should have been out already. Exactly. All right, so Savage gets out. So leaving to Hogan versus Flair versus Justice. Hogan gets eliminated, which leaves it down to Justice and Flair. Hogan helps Flair eliminate Justice, and Ric Flair wins and is the new champion. And Bill, does Hogan throw another temper tantrum? Um, after the match. Okay, yeah, I, I, I would say, because, like, all right, like I have the the people are standing, like the whole arena is standing for this. <laughs> yeah. And then when Hogan's eliminated, there is a pop. That he gets eliminated. And it's like, wow. Like, people are cheering that he got eliminated. But, um, and and this is actually pretty common fact here. If you have the Coliseum video of this event, they edit Hogan getting eliminated in the cheers. <laughs> It's true. Like they edited the like the cheering is like <laughs> So yeah, this seems like it's they definitely want something new with Hogan. I mean I've seen this Royal Rumble before, but I still wasn't really I didn't watch it as it happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it definitely seems to me that people are like starting to get tired of Hogan mm-hmm. at this point. Yeah. And then when Flair wins Bobby delivers the original yes chant. If you if you think about it, long before Daniel Bryan, Bobby Heenan had the original yes chant. Alright, so so I can blame him for what I don't like the yes chants. Yeah, you can. Great. Yeah, you can. Good to know. Um Yeah, so Ted, what what are your thoughts final thoughts here on uh as we, we start to close this match? Uh, it was a very good performance by uh, Ric Flair, one of his best. Um, uh, I I have to say, even though this Royal Rumble was a lot, was not a lot, was a lot unlike the Royal Rumbles we have today, it kind of laid down the groundwork to what we see today. Right, because this is probably the Royal Rumble where they're like, oh, maybe we should... Crazy thought, 30 guys are fighting, maybe we should actually have them win something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. We've got a far away from uh, from a Big John Stud victory giving you a referee 
giving you a referee job at WrestleMania to actually winning a title. Yep. And it goes back to what Ted said in the beginning. This was trial and error. If mm-hmm. if this does not work, what are you going to do, basically? Roman Reigns would not be a main event re- main event to get WrestleMania through. That's true. <laughs> it was not true. the opportunity for a, a Royal Rumble winner. Well, I think if it didn't work, I think it would just I think what would happen is we'd see it fall the way of King of the Ring. Mhm. Where yeah. they would throw it in maybe like once every two or three years and it certainly wouldn't be an annual event. I think that's what would have happened if this didn't work. Yeah. But it did and even you know that leads us to be doing this podcast, Bill. Very true. There's, Otherwise, who knows what kind of podcast we would be doing about wrestling. Thing, there's one thing I want to point out. Please. Um, before the interview, because I think we've all done... Every show's probably talked about that interview. Yeah. Um, when they're trying to break up Hogan and Sid, there are Sid chants. Like, mm-hmm. And there's even one person holding a Hulk Who sign. And then, as Sid is leaving the ring and Hogan's still there, like, the last thing you hear before Gorilla throws it to Mean Gene is Sid threatening to kill Hulk Hogan. He's like, come on, i kill you! <laughs> and it's like, wow, we had, a, we had a, a, a threat of killing someone on live television. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so I guess uh, we'll end with you. I don't really have much to say about the flair to you because, I mean, what's there to be said? It's, you know, what do you two have something, something to say about it? And then we'll probably start giving final plugs and head out of here. Uh, I don't have that much to say about it. Um, it was basically like the classic Ric Flair uh, interview. You know, like, uh, I, I'm the champ, this is why I'm the champ, because mm-hmm. I style and I profile. Mm-hmm. Bill, what about you? I think, for me, this is him saying F you to Jim Hurd <laughs> for the bullshit that he had put him through those last two plus years. And then, I do have to say, we do have the most awesome song to end the Royal Rumble uh, with that video package. They play Rush. Um, the song is Where's My Thing Part 4. <laughs> that, that is the name. Um, if, you, if you all listening want to wanna find the album, uh, it is from their 1991 album, which I'll pull it up. It's called Roll the Bones. Okay. Can, can you sing a verse? Of what? Of the song. Where's my thing? Yeah. It's an instrumental. Oh, I don't know. No, it's an instrumental. I'm well, well, okay. Well, um, well, is parts one through three also instrumentals? I don't know. <laughs> like, like, okay. <sighs> Let me see. Damn it, Bill. Where's my thing? <laughs> uh, Actually, that sounds not as great. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Let me be surprised. Do you think, okay, to be fair, like, okay, you're saying all this stuff about Rush. Mm-hmm. Do you, how, do you think that they paid a big royalty for that? And if so, I don't think it's worth it because I don't think many people can tell you 
the name of that song. Exactly. Whereas, like, when you think of WWE SummerSlam 1998, what was the song? Highway to Hell. Oh, yeah. I think that's the thing, because at this time, I mean, Rush is still a popular band, but they're not as big as they were, say, 10-plus years before that. And right. the fact that it's a instrumental that no one's going to really know, and... It probably did not get a lot of playtime on the radio, you know. I have a question. If you looked up Rush on Spotify, did that make the top ten? The band or that song? Uh, uh, the band. I want to know, like, you know how on Spotify they give you, like, the top ten most streamed? I don't think it makes the top ten. Yeah, see, it's a, whereas I bet you if you put in ACDC, I think Highway to Hell makes the top ten. I agree. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Ted, what's your favorite Rush song? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Rush. Okay. All right. All right. I, I'm not really either. I, the only song, see, now if they would have paid for Tom Sawyer. Right. Then I'd be like, wow, great. Good job, guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would have been awesome. All right. Let's start hanging out here. Ted, what are you doing? Are you doing anything in the podcast world or any podcast? I'm not doing anything currently in the podcast world. Uh, Yeah. Currently in the podcast world, not doing anything. Do you want to give a plug for your social media or you don't really want to do that either? Uh, Which is fine. If you like like me, um, follow me on Twitter at CapsHeart99. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's what it is. CapsHeart99, I think. Um, actually, I do want to ask real quick, are there any plays coming up that you're a part of or helping real soon? Um, I am actually um, n- not exactly. Uh, I, I'm, I am sound designing a play next semester, which is going to be a two-semester project for me. But the play comes up in April. Uh, it's a play called The Foreigner. Okay. Hey, very good. Ooh, is it is it is it named after the band? I was thinking that too. No, oh. no, no, no. <laughs> I'd go to that. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at House of Bill. If you have any comments or questions, send an email to eliminated thirty eighty eight at gmail.com that's eliminated 3088 at gmail.com and we are also looking for seriously a lot of eliminated a lot of people with the last with the email of eliminated (laughs) at least ours ours has a purpose right Um, yeah um then for me you can Visit thatspodcasting.com. And also with that email address, we are looking for an audio person. So if you are into audio editing and all that, send us an email specifically with that in the subject line. Um, Bill, where are all the places right now that people can listen to this show? Well, right now you can listen to this show on iTunes (laughs) Uh, just type in Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast, hit subscribe, and you will get every single new episode there. Uh, you can also get it on podcasts.com. And depending on if and when it'll happen, 
um, iHeartRadio and Spotify. Hope we're we're hoping we get those. So right. probably by the time you hear this episode or the next episode, you guys might know. All right, everyone. And like I said, that's podcasting.com. And I also do a podcast called Now That's What I Call Podcasting, which is based on the Now Music series. All right, Bill, let's get out of here. All right. Next time, we will be doing the 1993 Royal Rumble match, and we will spin the wheel. Thank you guys for listening to this episode, and the 1992 Royal Rumble has been eliminated.